from the D Las Vegas Resort Casino. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila Mexican Moonshine. Klein's Cantillon Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at bellford.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. The College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Cantillon Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth. Summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and order yours today. Bioxypap, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Buy M-Drive, you're not too old. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by NCHC-TV and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams, home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anyone, you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app, or if you're sitting right in front of us at the uh, Bar Canada in the uh, D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. It is night three. Paul Hornstein is still with me. One more night, and then uh, we'll be jumping over to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly uh, tomorrow night with Stephen Mars, the, the Vegas resident himself, will be joining us. Right now, we are uh, right here in the center of action in uh, downtown Las Vegas. Paul, how are you? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, it's it's nice to still be here, to be honest. Uh, uh, it's been a, uh, a good ride so far, and hopefully uh, it'll continue. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. This is my first real Las Vegas experience. Uh, the first time I was here, I was here for five hours, and that was about it. The airport, the cab ride, Whatever hotel we went to that night, I have no idea. <laughs> I, most I people say that, Paul. Paul, just so you know, most people say that in Vegas, that they don't remember what hotel they went to, but you're just completely different, right? Well, it, yeah, but the fact of the matter is I, I was only here for five hours. It's not like I was, um, shall we say, uh, <laughs> using some adult, adult beverages, beverages to get to that state. state. I just, it was 1987. And it was just cheaper to stop here instead of going straight from San Francisco to Phoenix after an ASU Cal football game. Um, and the guy I was with said, I'm not going to stop in Vegas without riding in one of the casinos because he was the gambler. I, I haven't put a quarter in a machine since I got here. I don't know. I spent all my money in the restaurants. And you know, I don't want Derek to get aggravated that I haven't spent any money. Um, but I've spent it. Between the bars and the and there, that's where I spent my money, not at the uh, not at the um, things there with all the flashing lights. The only thing I had to play anyway is blackjack. So, uh, well, anyway, folks, <clears throat> this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, uh, live as I said from Bar Canada in the middle of the uh, downtown area, just off Fremont Street in the G Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. I getting it down, Paul. I'm finally getting it down. <clears throat> Tonight's show, of course, present, yeah, tonight's show, of course, presented by Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine and Cancion Tequila. And we do have a couple of bottles out in front of us to show off tonight. So if you're here live and you're wondering here. what those are, uh, that's tequila, folks. Brewed, born, uh, born and brewed in the great state of Arizona. So uh, thank you to Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila for, uh, for bringing us on. We are uh, going to be bringing on Nick Raboni, the assistant coach from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, at UNLV Skate Rebels in just a little bit. Uh, this, of course, is our NCAA show, but we have some stuff to talk to Nick about. And being a Vegas native, we thought, what a great time to bring him on. So we'll be bringing Nick on in about five, six minutes or so. In the meantime, let's get, bring you up to Does speed. Does he want to listen to us for that long? <laughs> 
let's bring let's bring things up to speed on NCAA hockey because Paul again was on his uh, press conference with Coach uh, Greg Powers at Arizona State. Colorado College is playing uh, Omaha right now. They're scoreless in the first period. I love this Tuesday night NCAA college hockey. Okay, and uh, of course uh, Denver and uh, North Dakota split uh, a series. Uh, what was that? A Sunday Monday series? I'm all Sunday lost. Monday. Yeah, no, Sunday Monday. I have no idea, but Paul, give us a quick That's rundown on, on Arizona State, and then we'll uh, we'll get right to Nick in just a minute. Well, uh, basically, uh, the the two things came up in the in the in the press conference today. Uh, uh, three, if you want to call it that. But obviously, the coach was much happier with the Sunday night game than he was the Saturday night game. Uh, they didn't win either game, but. Um, after Saturday night's game, he basically wasn't happy with anybody. There was maybe one or two guys, and he basically called his team out uh, after the game. So I'm assuming he also did it in the locker room because they came out on Sunday and played an entirely different game. Now, they were shorthanded. Uh, they, they lost the, the nation's leading goal scorer for at least the, that game in, in, in this upcoming weekend against Minnesota. Uh, it's, and so it's another – Series at your Gophers that uh, oh that's right you're not a Gopher um, yeah let's clear that up <laughs> quickly my friend um, where they're going to go into a series without big goal score uh, and even the first two games that they played this year uh, Johnny Walker was those were his first two games so he wasn't a hundred percent and Matthew Copperwood's not going to play this weekend. Uh, and quite honestly, Coach said he's not 100% sure he's going to you – know, when you put – I think it's, it's 19 skaters you're allowed to dress for a game, including the goalies. Uh, he's not sure he's going to get that. Yeah, I heard that same thing. Um, before you break the news of uh, what's going to be happening, let's save that for a little bit until after we talk to Nick. So let's take our first right. quick break, and then let's come back, and we'll bring on Nick Raboni, the head coach, uh, the assistant coach, the – uh, but he's got so many titles. We'll ask Nick himself. He's with UNLV Hockey. He'll tell us in just a minute. Uh, let's take a quick two-minute break, and we'll be right back. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal. NCHC.TV, your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on NCHC.TV. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, our NCAA show. Live show number three from the beautiful uh, Bar Canada in uh, the uh, D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Scott Strandy, Paul Hornstein with us, and it's our pleasure to bring on the assistant coach. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop. Nick Raboni, tell us what your title is right now. <laughs> we'll stick with just assistant coach. Okay, I, I give you a bad time because I know you do almost everything uh, that needs to be done. They have uh, all kinds of stuff going on. And before we get into talking hockey with you, uh, you guys broke some big news last night. It was frustrating news, I know, for you. So let's get that out of the way right now so we can start talking some positive stuff and moving forward. Tell us what happened last night, Nick. Um, yeah, you, you know, Coach Greener does a ton for the program as well, so I have to give him a, um, a lot, a lot of credit for everything that he does. Um, and, and a lot that he was doing, too, was trying to make this season happen. Um, between him and myself and several, several others working with the program, um, you know, after speaking with uh, officials from the school and the state, we pretty much came to the conclusion that 
we wanted to, to move forward um, and cancel the rest of this season in terms of being able to or, or pursuing any games. Um, unfortunately, we just couldn't find a solution to make that happen um, where we were putting our student athletes in a safe position as well. And um, I think a lot of our guys wanted some, some type of answer and we didn't want to string them along any further. So um, we, uh, we're going to start planning for next year. And, um, you know, we had a, we had a quick phone call, um, Zoom call with the, with the team. Um, obviously, our seniors are extremely disappointed especially the guys that came back for a fifth year hoping to play in a national tournament um, and just didn't get that opportunity. Fortunately, you know, the ACHA has granted everyone another year of eligibility regardless. So now is when we start having the conversations individually with each player to see what their plans are, you know, whether it be wanting to pursue other hockey ventures professionally um, or maybe it's, you know, hang up the skates and, and start uh, looking for work in the real world and get going on another chapter in life. So it is unfortunate. Um, we're extremely sad. Um, we really feel for our guys. But at the same time, you know, the future is still very, very bright for this program. We believe we provide a, a great experience on and off the ice. And for this semester, for the guys that are still going to be here in Las Vegas, we still want to strive to do that and provide them a first-class college hockey experience. Um, even if there isn't much hockey <laughs> that's going to be going on, we still have a lot of fun things planned um, that fall within COVID guidelines for the, for the rest of the year. By the way, Nick, just to clarify for people that are listening that may not be as familiar with the ACHA as they might be with the NCAA, there are guys that go from ACHA to play professional hockey. It's just not in the places where we normally think about it as being professional hockey players because a lot of those, you know, we're talking about going to play over in leagues in Europe and in, in Asia and those types of things, correct? Correct. I mean, for those that aren't familiar with the ACHA, um, you know, I pretty much start my spiel off the same way I do um, with everyone. I mean, it's a fantastic league with a lot of talents. I think the top 10 to 15 teams um, could compete in NCAA D3. Um, for sure. I think you have a, a lot of talent that falls through the cracks from the NCAA Division One level or even D3 level, whether it be the student athletes don't have the, the grades um, or maybe they, they got hurt and, um, you know, they, they weren't exactly highly sought after or recruited. Um, so there's a lot of different factors that play into it. Or maybe they just want a, a big time college experience without um, being at that NCAA level. So I think, um, you, you know, you have a lot of talent that, that comes through our league and filters through and stays in our league for, for years where, where guys play their freshman to senior seasons and then they move on to play professionally, um, some at the East Coast Hockey League level and some at, at different levels, um, like you mentioned, over in Europe. Uh, unfortunately, with the pandemic going on, I think you have a little, little less opportunity with that. Um, but I do expect that things to hopefully um, look a little bit brighter in the future. So, Nick, when we talk uh, ACHA hockey, and anybody that's ever listened to me on here is um, our goal is to grow the game of hockey. That's why we started Ice Time Hockey Southwest. And I, and I always give credit uh, to teams that continually keep themselves relevant. Uh, I think that's extremely important because I think if you don't grow hockey consistently, you're going to find out that you're going to lose people and you're going to lose teams and things like that. So tell us a little bit about how you've been – I know, but tell everybody listening – how you guys have been trying to stay as relevant as possible since the COVID outbreak in March. Well, Scott, as you know, social media is a huge aspect of staying relevant nowadays, especially with the pandemic and, and everything that goes along with it. You have a lot of people that are, you know, staying at home a little bit more and tend to gravitate towards their phones. Um, so for us to be able to provide quality con content, I think Dallas Creel, our marketing uh, media manager, does an incredible job with that. Um, you know, whether it be our three-on-three -three league that we were doing, um, any type of fundraiser, whatever it may be, he does a really good job of filming that and then creating content and videos that are, are appealing to people that are fun, that are interactive. Um, he does he does all of our social media as well. So all the posts that you see is, is all Dallas is doing. Um, him and I work on a couple things here and there to, to make it fun and enjoyable. But we want, you know, we, we have a pretty strong following, whether it's through Twitter Instagram, Facebook, or, and we recently started a TikTok. Um, so even just doing fun stuff where we did a, we did a really cool jersey reveal 
Um, the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas was a ter- Las Vegas was a terrific uh, partner with us to be able to utilize that rink. The esports arena at the Luxor. I mean, these are just things that we are very lucky to have here in Las Vegas. But it's also fun for for us to record those and show some behind the scenes stuff as well. Um, I think staying relevant has a lot to do with that when necessary not when you're not necessarily allowed to be on the ice, um, unfortunately, as much as we'd like to. You know, Nick, and, and one of the, the ways that you were relevant, and, and again, I compliment you uh, for it, is you put out a schedule. You're one of the few teams that put out the schedule. And a lot of people say, well, why would you put out a schedule if you don't think you're going to be able to play it? Well, my my viewpoint on that is that you, you put out a schedule, and if you have to adjust, you have to adjust. But guess what? It builds interest from your fan base, right? Because they want to see, okay, maybe you couldn't play these games, but you had them scheduled. You were going to play big-time opponents. And uh, tell us a little bit about how important that was to put the schedule out and go ahead with the fundraiser golf tournament, do all that stuff, knowing that maybe you weren't going to be able to play, but you know what? You still move as as forward as you can, right? Right. And Coach Greener and I talk every day. Uh, Coach Greener and myself, you know, Arturo Castro still does a lot with the program as well. And the three of us, we were always um, in the in the same had the same mindset that we were going to move forward as if. We were going to be ready to play as soon as that that word was given to us that we were going to be allowed to. Um, We didn't want to wait um, to start planning and start um, growing excitement um, before, you know, we were actually given the green light. We were going to we were going to start building the excitement. And then as soon as we were given the green light, we were ready to launch. Um, So unfortunately, we were never given that green light. But we we all realized that it was still extremely crucial for us to have the fundraisers and continue to find different avenues to to grow our brand and make money. I, I mean, as you know, the ACHA, a lot of our programs in this league are fully funded, are, are not fully funded by the school. And, you know, we're, we're pretty much left to finding donors and sponsors and whatnot. So another big aspect was our team store at rebelhockey.com, um, you know, putting together different uh, types of t-shirts and beanies. And, and I, I love our team story. I, I mean, we have over 70 different items that people can order now and represent our team. And um, I think that once again, Dallas did a really good job with that. So yeah, we were always under the impression we were going to plan. And, and um, now it's just given us more time to start planning for, for the 21-22 season. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So Nick, when we were, we have you on the NCAA show for a couple of reasons. The first reason, obviously, is you're, you're Vegas native, and we wanted to have you on whenever we could get you on. Uh, the second reason, though, is that there's always interest in NCAA hockey, and I know you've had numerous conversations with Coach Powers as, as far as how, what they did to make the jump. And, you know, Paul being in Vegas with me for the first time, yeah, I was able to show him around and show him the facilities and, and, and the excitement of it. I know he'll jump in and, and tell you about that as well, what he saw, but it just seems like the climate here is becoming more and more um, acceptable, if that's the word I can use, for an NCAA hockey program at some time. So in, in your words, what, what needs to happen with uh, Rebel Hockey to get you guys to that next level? It really all comes down to money. Um, you know, just very similar to for, for Arizona State. I, I mean, when uh, the big donor came and, gave them the, that large chunk of money to, to pretty much sustain the program. Um, yeah, I think the athletic department had no choice but to accept that. Um, you know, unfortunately, with everything going on, I think college athletics has taken a, a really big hit. And, um, you know, elevating our program to NCAA in UNLV's eyes might not be their first priority when it comes to athletics. But if somebody were to come along and, and provide the right type of money, I think very similar to Arizona State, I don't think the athletic department could, could turn their head away from it and they would have to seriously consider it. Um, so I think that the first aspect of it is money. And then also the second is to continue to show that we would be ready to make that type of jump if that, if that um, funding came. So providing a, a great experience for our student athletes right now, recruiting at an extremely high level, because similar to Arizona State, again, I mean, when they made that jump, they had to pretty much make it pretty quick with the guys that they had. And um, I think that for us, we would we would be in that same boat as well. Um, fortunately, I think the facilities here are great and could sustain our program and would be able to provide us with a, a pretty big edge in recruiting, whether we would be playing at the Orleans Arena or 
potentially the new Henderson Arena in a few years, I think that you have a lot of different options as well for that. Well, Nick, let me ask you a question, and, and, and you, 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 you probably know the obvious uh, ASU Las Vegas connections as we have uh, Don Garcia's father here, Fred, uh, watching us do the show tonight. Um, I, you don't have to reveal, and I know you wouldn't, the conversations you've had, say, over the last two or three years with the athletic department. Uh, in your mind, uh, without giving away what was said, um, you can usually tell if an athletic department is or somebody is open to an idea or they're just giving you lip service. Uh, because I know in the past, when it was brought up at, at ASU, the athletic directors would just flat out say no. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. And, you know, it, that all got started at ASU basically because the athletic director was asked the question and he said, hey, if we had the money, of course we would. And, you know, less than two weeks later, they had the check. Okay, but that's where but previous athletic director said not a chance. So uh, while I don't expect you to give away the answer, you know whether someone's just yesing you to death or not. I agreed. And, you know, we've had different conversations with the previous um, athletic director and, and Tina Kunzer Murphy, Tina Kunzer Murphy. And, you know, she was extremely open to, to the aspect of it. Um, and then, you know, she moved on and UNLV, you know, recently within the last three years brought in um, Desiree Reed Francois, who's done a terrific job with the athletic department and really turning it around, um, whether it's fundraising, community support, um, bringing in her, her guys for football and basketball, which I know were her big priorities. Um, now I think she really wants to see those thrive. And the conversations that we've had with Desiree have been great. She really loves us. She loves what we're doing with the program. Um, you know, and she's pretty much told us that her main focus right now is football and basketball and making sure those succeed. And then it would be, um, okay, now let's move into maybe some further conversations once those kind of get picking up. And like I said, unfortunately, I think the pandemic put a major kind of blow on everything um, when it comes to the, the athletic departments in general across the country and their revenue. Right. But I also think that hockey is a revenue-generating sport, and it could be a for sure a revenue-generating sport here in Las Vegas. As you've seen with the Golden Knights, um, hockey has definitely grown in popularity. So it, it really just comes down, once again, to, to money. Uh, but I, do, I really truly think at the bottom of my heart that the athletic department would be open to it um, if the right scenario came about financially. Uh, how much... And, I, and, and you've been here a while, uh, certainly as long as, as I've been dealing with Scott, you've been around. Uh, how much has... Okay, hold on a minute. Dealing with Scott? Come on now. Well, listen, somebody, somebody we all have our crosses to bear, and you're mine. Um, how much has the presence and the success of the Golden Knights uh, made those conversations easier? The Golden Knights have been terrific to us uh, in terms of letting us use their facilities and, and building that locker room for us at City National Arena. I think that you're not going to find many college hockey teams at any level that get to share an NHL facility like we do with the Golden Knights. Um, and I also believe that Bill Foley is a very generous person. He's done a ton for the Las Vegas community as a whole, not just the hockey community. And if there was something put in place to elevate our program, I think that Bill would be on board to help with that. Um, so the Golden Knights have, have created this buzz around not just the, their brand, but the hockey brand in general, as you can see with the Silver Knights and how people have just already clung to um, their brand and the season ticket holders have uh, have been coming out in droves for, for the Henderson Silver Knights. So if you were to elevate our program to the NCAA status, I think it shows a, an even further commitment to hockey in Las Vegas, and I believe that the Golden Knights would want to see that as well. Uh, Nick, you also know that uh, the NCAA has already made a commitment to, uh, to Las Vegas. In 2026, they have the, uh, the Frozen Four coming here to T-Mobile, and I'm sure that's exciting. Um, I, I know the connection with North Dakota and Vegas and how that all works, but um, 
how nice would it be to, to maybe by 2026 be talking about a, uh, a startup program at UNLV? Well, we'd love to see that. I think uh, the Frozen Four here is going to do extremely well. Um, you know, we'll look past all this this stuff in, going on in the, in the current climate and look back at it as something hopefully in the very distant past and move forward to having a, a packed arena at T-Mobile. And I think, um, you know, you're going to – whoever the, those teams are that are in the Final Four – um, those fan bases are going to absolutely love it here in Vegas. You know, that time of year, the weather is great. Um, there's always so much to do here outside the rink, on the strip, and even off the strip. So I think that this is an ideal place for it. I think, um, you know, what you're seeing, too, is it's setting up for a, a Super Bowl here in Las Vegas, um, an eventual basketball Final Four here, now that, you know, the, the gambling stigma has kind of um, – changed a little bit with pretty much anybody being able to gamble anywhere by the by the click of a button on their phone so i think it's been great to see um the ncaa loosen their standards with having regionals and final fours here in las vegas because i think it's a perfect destination for it yeah i totally agree with you on that as well i think uh hockey in the west collegiate hockey in the west and as you know we expanded uh, this show and our coverage area to include Denver, uh, Colorado College, and Air Force because we believe in the West. Um, I think when you talk to the coaches in the West, they say the same thing. They say they think the natural progression would be for, for UNLV, but um, let's get off of that topic for a little bit and, and tell us if you can, how big is the difference between the guys that you recruit to play ACHA D1 and NCAA hockey? And second follow-up to that would be um, when you're out recruiting players, what, what's the talk? I mean, what what is the talk? Do they ever ask you? Are, are you guys going to be NCAA sometime? Is there plans? How does that all go? Well, to answer the first question, I, I, I'll i just go back to my previous comment that I do think that ACHA Division One at, at the highest end of it is very comparable to NCAA Division Three. So I think that you're getting a very similar player quality-wise, hockey IQ-wise, um, but I do think that there is a very big difference between an NCAA Division One player and an ACHA Division One player. Um, you know, the the hockey, whether it's hockey IQ, um, the aggressiveness, um, the the physical aspect of it. I think when you're looking at an NCAA Division One player, they have all of those things: strong hockey IQ, um, great work ethic, and they take it seriously off the ice. Where the, those at the ACHA D1 level maybe have the skill but they're missing one of the other components. It, it's it's very rare that you probably find a player with all the above that plays at our level because they were probably highly recruited at the Division One level. Um, and then the uh, the second question, I mean, we really believe we have the, the entire package here in Las Vegas to provide the, the best college hockey experience um, at our level or, or beyond that, um, whether it be UNLV uh, going to a, a phenomenal university where you're going to get a, a a great degree with with so many different options to to excel um, with 300 different undergraduate choices and um, you know I think that that's a big aspect of it is when you're when we're recruiting to UNLV we sell the school we sell the experience being able to go to the basketball games and football games and tailgates um, and, and normally the weather is is great here in the in the spring and uh, the fall. So, you know, you have kids that are coming from traditionally cold climates in Canada and um, the Midwest and eastern parts of the United States that are looking for a change. And I think that we provide a great option for that. So that's the first aspect. And then the second aspect of it is our facilities, like we talked about with uh, City National Arena, us having a locker room there. Um, I think that those are, are, are big things. I mean, when guys walk in, they know we take it serious and they get to leave their, their locker, their gear at the rink and their stall. And um, that's a big aspect of it. And then lastly, you know, we believe that we have the best fan base in the entire ACHA. And um, they do a great job of packing City National Arena night in and night out when we have home games. And our guys feed off of that. They, they love it. I mean, when we go on the road, it's very rare that we go to a place that has the same type of environment like City National provides on a Friday and Saturday night when we're playing at home. And by the way, Nick, just so you know, uh, as somebody who is from the East Coast, uh, you know, what was it, about 50 today? And I'm looking at everybody bundled up, and I'm like, what are you people, crazy? This is warm. 
Yeah, a little so wind here. All of a sudden, it drops from sixty to fifty, and people think there's a tundra coming in. Well, I just wanted to. I just wanted to. I just wanted to show you that I had your back, and uh, and you know, <laughs> and, and support you because I'm. I'm like I said. I'm like, what are you people doing? Why are you wearing heavy coats? Yeah, all, all things being equal, Mick, I, uh, I got him a nice Christmas gift, a nice uh, winter CCM jacket logoed, ready to go for him. And, and he's looking at me like, I don't need a jacket. <laughs> Not here. And by the way, if, if you can't see the hand signals, I'm giving Scott under the table. <laughs> well, if you know, all I have to say is he's from New York, so you kind of get that part of it. But um uh, final question for you. Uh, we know about the players uh, here in uh, in Vegas and the talent and Cody Williams and guys like that. But I want you to talk to me a little bit about Dom Garcia and the relationship that you have with Dom because uh, you were able to work with him for a long time in the roller side of things and different things. And I know his respect for you. So uh, NCAA hockey players have been manufactured in Las Vegas, not just Dom but others as well. Tell us a little bit about Dom uh, and your relationship with him. Well, Dom's a, an incredible individual. He comes from a, a really good family. Um, you know, I love Fred to death, and, you know, I've been fortunate to know him and um, Dominic for 15 years now, probably, going back to our days uh, at Crystal Palace where, where we were just starting picking up hockey and in the, in the roller hockey side of things before he jumped over and started playing ice. Um, but, you know, he's, a, he's got a tremendous work ethic. He's got a really good head on his shoulders. Um, he's just a fun guy to, to – to be around, you know, I'm fortunate enough in, in the summertime to play a little bit of men's league with him here, some scrimmages and stuff like that. And, you know, it's been really cool to see his progression from playing in the North American League to, to getting recruited um, by several colleges and making the choice to go to Arizona State. And I think he uh, has had a great time there. And whether he decides to, to try to test the waters and play professionally or, or move on to something else, I know for a fact he's going to be successful in whatever he wants to do. So to piggyback on, 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 on that question and that answer, um, you obviously have your finger on the, the scene here in Las Vegas. How long do you think it will be before uh, the youth programs start developing? I, I, I mean, we're not, we're not going to sit here and, and expect it to be like Boston or, 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 Detroit or Michigan or whatever, but more than a trickle of college NCAA Division One players out of Las Vegas. How long do you think that'll take? Yeah, so it's actually pretty crazy. I mean, when I was growing up playing youth hockey, and same with Coach Greener, um, the the Vegas hockey community was much smaller than it is now. But there was still a lot of talent that was being um, turned out here in Las Vegas, whether it was at the junior level and then progressing on to the NCAA Division One, and um, even professionally with several guys here and. We actually haven't had anything like that in, in several years almost. Um, you know, prior to the Knights coming, I think the hockey, you know, hockey kind of took a dip here in Las Vegas with the talent and coaching and, and whatnot. And I think now with the Knights coming in, they've done it the right way and have really grown it from, from the grassroots level. And, um, you know, they, they've decided that every travel program is going to be built with players from Las Vegas um, they aren't going to to start to get to that AAA level where you start turning out talent that that's going to produce the juniors in Division One and NCAA and whatnot um, by bringing players here from California and Arizona to piece together a AAA team, but rather build it like I said from the grassroots level where you have a really good squirt team that you're hoping that's going to develop to that AAA level with the players that are here in town. So I, I would give it a few more years um, to really get to that level and, until we start having high-level AAA hockey here in Las Vegas, you probably won't see it. Um, but I do think that the, the Knights and um, even the Storm will eventually get there as well. I think hockey's growing to the point now where you're, you're able to sustain a couple different travel programs um, here in the Valley. But I know at the might level, it's, it's really popular right now, and there's, there's a ton of talent, and even at the squirt level. And so eventually, we'll get there. And, and that can only help you guys, right? I mean... Uh, at the ACHA level, because the more talent, the the, the 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 more choices you guys will have too, right? 
Of course, and we always want to have, um, you know, Vegas locals on our roster. It looks great for the program. Um, we want guys to realize that this is a, a viable option for them. Um, I think that you'll eventually see some more guys from Vegas be able to, to be part of UNLV um, in, in the very, very near future. But, yeah, I think that, you know, we're, we, we would love not to have to go um, recruit halfway across the country if there's going to be talent right here in our own backyard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Nick, uh, before we let you go, uh, I do want to thank you for your hospitality always because uh, you reached out, gave me a couple of shirts at Christmas time, and that was very nice. And I haven't had a chance to publicly tell you that, but I really appreciate that. Uh, we love coming up here. Uh, we're at the D now. We have a presenting partner here with Derek Stevens to do our Monday night professional show. So we'll be up here more often. And of course, we love coming up and watching the uh, Skate Rebels play as well. So Thank you and Anthony and everybody uh, at UNLV for uh, all the support that they give us. Uh, we couldn't do this and we wouldn't do this if we didn't have uh, guys like you guys to, uh, to keep us uh, on our toes. Of course. Thanks for all you do for our program as well, Scott. Thanks for coming on, Nick. All right. That's Nick Raboni, the assistant coach at UNLV. And uh, he's on talking a little ACHA hockey, but also give us some insight into NCAA and where the road is. As we sit here in the beautiful Bar Canada, uh, in the heart of downtown Las Vegas, just off uh, Fremont Street, in the uh, hotel, <laughs> Paul's shaking his head, in the D Hotel, the D Las Vegas Hotel. Uh, I'm doing this, folks, just to get drive him crazy because I've been stumbling on it a few times. And just to see his expression, if you were here live watching, it's worth like a million bucks. So, uh, you know, and if we had the million bucks, the first thing I'd do is turn right around and put it on Circus Sports, and i put it on the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm okay with the whole Knights Stanley Cup thing because they are a legitimate Stanley Cup team. But don't try to get out of this by, by, by saying you're doing it to drive me crazy. <laughs> truth, truth of the matter, folks, is today we have stumbled mightily trying to get set up and ready to go. So we were a little late coming on. Uh, our apologies for that. Uh, we do love it here at the D. We do love uh, doing live shows. They're a lot of fun because we get to interact with people. So it's time to interact. Before we go to our quick break, um, we got more giveaways. I still have D t-shirts. Uh, here I have a behind the mask cap. Um, I have, uh, what else do I have? I got a couple of behind the mask Cards, water bottles. And dice. We've got playing cards. We've got uh, some notepads from the D. So if you want any of those, the best way to get them is go to our Twitter handle at IceTimeSW. Tell us something about the show. Tell us something that you heard us talking about with Nick Raboni tonight. And uh, you know, it's more the more that we get, the more we'll send out. So we've got all kinds of stuff. Let's take another quick break, and Paul and I will be right back to talk more NCAA college hockey in just a few minutes. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit
I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy, Paul Hornstein, joining you tonight live from the Bar Canada in the key Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. We are right on the middle of the uh, downtown area just off of Fremont Street. Uh, one more night. One more night. We'll have uh, club hockey generated from here as well. Special guest tomorrow night, folks. If you are a fan of Darren Banks, he's going to join us uh, tomorrow night live right where we sit. So, It'll be a lot of fun to have Darren in and kind of cap off the week. We call it the quad pod of hockey because uh, it's four podcasts in prime time. Um, we do it, right? It's, uh, it's Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcast. So, All right, back to NCAA hockey. Uh, as I joked with Paul all season long, is it's so much fun to open up the, uh, the apps and see hockey games, NCAA hockey games that are scheduled on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back again on Monday. You just never know when those games are going <laughs> gonna to start uh, being on your schedule. So, Paul, what's going on tonight in NCAA college hockey, especially in the Southwest? Well, that you have to check every day, right? Uh, we said it before. We've been saying it for the last few weeks. You, you, you can't look ahead even a day on the schedule. As a matter of fact, call, uh, Hockey East has decided that they're just going to announce a week-to-week schedule. Whatever schedules they had up, they're like, nah, we're just going to take them all down. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But basically they came out today and said, we're just going to play, play the schedule week by week, and we're not going to put it out in advance. Um, so we're just going to take them all down, so to speak, and, and just do it that way. Uh, so tonight here on a Tuesday night as we do the show, uh, Colorado College and Omaha are tied at one. Colorado College is dominating the game. They're up like two to one in shots. But, uh, ben Copeland just tied the game up after Omaha scored the opening goal of the period. And I mean, most of the time when I look over to my left, uh, the puck is in the Omaha zone. So, especially here in the second period. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I want to uh, I want to jump back, Paul, to uh, the conversation we started the show with about uh, ASU hockey because. They announced some news today. I don't know if they meant to announce it today or if it kind of just snuck out after a question. But tell me what you heard and what the Arizona State fans can expect in February. Well, what's going to happen is their schedule being out has a three-week break in it, basically. Um, And that's a long time to go without playing. Uh, So ASU saw it permission from the Big Ten, who they have the scheduling agreement with, uh, and they scheduled a couple of games on February 4th and 5th against the U.S. National Development Program U18 team. That's the high level, right? The U18s? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Now, those are going to be home games. I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to be at Oceanside. I can't imagine they're going to the, the, the money that it would cost, you know, when they played Gila River, it cost them money. And considering that they haven't had any home games or anything else this year, um, common sense would just tell you they're going to be at Oceanside. Now, you know, as for any of the ancillary things that go with it, they're probably going to limit it to just family. But those games are going to take place, so they'll get to play a couple of games at home. Which is nice because, you know, players' families deserve to be able to watch a game. Yeah, and Paul, uh, let me jump into that real quickly and then you can kind of follow me up on it. But okay. um, as uh, as Powers, Coach Powers was saying that today, he said he thought it was important to maybe have like at least four family members of each player there 
He also alluded to the fact that the NCAA, as most people know by now, have extended another year of eligibility. And he right. didn't know if there would be some players that might not be coming back and take advantage of that for whatever reason. So he wanted them to at least have another home game uh, in this crazy year. So uh, the thoughts on that, uh, I think it's a, a really good idea on the coach's part to uh, try to include uh, if this is the way their career ends, to at least let it end at home and uh, or have a game at home in front of their family and, and maybe a couple of friends. Well, you know, my gut told me, and, and I think we talked about it a couple of times on here. Um, my gut told me that they were, for a few months now, they told me that I, I think they're going to try and figure out some way to play at least one weekend at home for the seniors. It, it just made a natural sense to me. It would just be a matter of would they be able to work it out with the Big Ten. Um and considering it's in their break in the schedule that every team in the Big Ten has gotten, uh, it, it just made natural sense. I thought maybe they might do it at the end of the season. Uh, but, you know, as it is right now, this is this is where it is. And like I said, I'm not surprised because I kind of had a gut feeling. And, it, and it's good. I mean, the seniors deserve to have a, that one last game in front of their – four or five or, you know, their parents or brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people that try it. I don't think they have a lot of Canadians on the team or at least too many anymore, right? I'd have to look at the roster. They have, they have a Latvian. Right. Uh, um, but let me, let me jump into that as well because uh, the opportunity not only to play at home, but uh, this is no slouch. Uh, the U.S. Team Development Program no, has got no, some very talented no, players. And while no. this is not a game, this is uh, exhibitions, as most people, you know, we saw uh, other teams in the NCAA do try to play that, that program because they want, you know, they know the competition. And as Coach Powers alluded to, there's a former or a future Sun Devil on that well, roster. I, I was going to get to that. Uh, he also said in the press conference today, uh, that uh, the, the team that's coming in to play them uh, features future Sun Devil Ty Murchison, uh, who will uh, apparently, or at least this coach said, because uh, they don't usually reveal any signings until February, or <laughs> actually this is January, I mean, or, or maybe even later, sometimes until March or April. Um, but I guess they have the national letter of intent signed, uh, and and the, we knew they had some people signed. I mean, they just don't they just don't tell us, or they don't make it public until later in the season. Um, so this is going to be the first time that, that I can think of. I don't think there's been any other situation where uh, a future ASU player will get to be seen. Uh, by the ASU fan base, because I'm sure they'll stream this somehow. And, and not well, maybe not. I don't know. And not only that, Paul, but the uh, this player is not just another player. He is, as Coach Powers said, expected to be drafted into the NHL uh, this yeah. next draft class, and uh, that will be exciting because ASU, you know, Coach Powers will tell you he's not worried about how many NHL logos are behind his players' names, but it makes a difference. Let's be honest. It does. It does. It, it does have respect across the board. So so excited for that. Um, so that's the ASU news. Uh, and by Air the Force, way, just just to just 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 to reiterate, uh, the, the ASU has had a national development team program player uh, already um, in Josh Maniscalco, and we, we we saw how good that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Fr no problem with that one. Okay, so that's our ASU talk. Now let's talk about the rest of our teams. The Air Force, unfortunately, still trying to get back back together uh, after uh, going through a COVID period of quarantine. Uh, they will get on the ice again. I know they will. Uh, as we said also... I'm sure the they're all hoping. I'm sure they are. Uh, the NCAA has also put out the fact that you must play 13 games to qualify for an NCAA tournament. We joked with Coach Territory... Uh, about that fact that will his team even get to 13 games 
Um, forget about the win-loss record at this point. It's got to play the games. And, and that was made uh, on the air as well against Arizona State and Wisconsin. Uh, a couple different times I heard the uh, play-by-play guys say, well, no, no risk here. Wisconsin has got their 13 games in, so depending on where they go. But uh, who ever thought, Paul, that that would be a concern that they might not play enough games to qualify for the NCAA tournament? I mean, listen, I mean, is there anything normal about this this year? <laughs> anything? Nothing. Nothing. So, I mean, uh, this is why I say it. Wake up in the morning, look at the schedule, see if they're still playing. I mean, the NHL had its first in-season cancellation. I know they moved the schedule around for the Dallas Stars when they had a whole bunch of COVID cases. Um but Nashville was supposed to play somebody tonight, um, and that game got rescheduled. I don't remember. I don't know what the date is, but uh, the Predators were supposed to play. And I mean, I guess I could look it up. But I don't well, know we're, we're talking college hockey, so I, I know. But it's the but the point is um, that you wake up in the morning and okay, let's see, is this game scheduled today? Okay, that's good. Uh, game time is what? Seven o'clock, whatever time zone you're in, or uh, by six o'clock, has it been called off yet? No. All right, so they're gonna play. We're good. So, so now I have to add one more thing to my checklist when I wake up in the morning, folks. Uh, normally, I check and make sure I can open both eyes, make sure I'm still breathing, make sure I can uh, get out of the bed, and, and then now Paul's adding this new thing to my list where I have to check the schedule to see if there's actually a game going on uh, during this day. So. Uh, crazy things are happening. Let's get a quick rundown, Paul, of the uh, NCHC as uh, you're, you still have your Colorado College Omaha game up. It's uh, 1-1 currently in period two, about six minutes left um, in that period. But uh, when we look at the standings, as we said, Denver and North Dakota played a, a two-game series Sunday and Monday. In uh, I, I just have to chuckle when I say these times because uh, let me go, let me take one quick step back for people that don't know about our Sunday show, College Hockey Southwest Live. That was initially put into place in March, and the idea behind it was when the season picked up, the games would be played mostly on Friday, Saturday night, and Paul and I could give you our reaction on Sunday night. Well, right now. Sometimes we're doing shows during middles of games, <laughs> but but Doug on it, we're sticking yeah, we're sticking to our 7:30 p.m. Mountain Time uh, podcast prime time lineup. Um, so North Dakota leading the NCHC with 29 points, uh, St. Cloud State with 27, uh, Omaha with 22, Minnesota Duluth 21, uh, Western Michigan at 19, Denver at 18. Uh, Miami at 15, and of course Colorado, Colorado College at 14. But when you look at those those games, Paul, and you've had a chance to see a lot of NCHC uh, games this year, including a bunch in the pod. Uh, just your thoughts on the talent in the NCHC, and and then also compare if you can the talent between NCHC and Big Ten. Can you do that? You know, it'd be nicer if they played each other. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's 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 really hard to compare the two. Uh, mostly, be, like I said, because they're not playing each other. But I mean, let's let's face it. If you just look at the amount the the draft picks that are playing in the, in those leagues, uh, a draft being a draft pick doesn't necessarily guarantee a good team, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Okay, and, you know, and and you look at the standings and, you know, Minnesota was running away with things and they have come back down to earth uh, because those teams in that league are beating each other up in the NCHC. They're doing the same thing. Uh, I mean, even with North Dakota being, I don't want to say comfortably ahead, but you look at the rest of the, the standings in the conference you know, they're pretty much beating each other up too. I mean, Western Michigan beat St. Cloud, right? St. Cloud was ro- rolling. And then, you know, they play Western Michigan and, and, and Andy Murray's team hands them a couple of losses. 
Uh, North Dakota was rolling going into Denver, and they got spanked in that first game. Now they returned the favor in the second game. But, you know, did you really when, – when we only – like, it's not – we're not shocked that Denver won. We might be shocked that they won 4-1 to one or 5-1, to one, but nobody is shocked that they won. So uh, – and Denver's been struggling. But, you know, this the league started off with – Five teams in the in, in the top twenty to start the season. Three of them in the top five. So, you know, in the Big Ten had six teams in the top twenty, and this was before everybody started canceling their seasons. So, there's 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 not a lot of difference between the two. I, I think maybe if you wanted to look at it, it almost might be like in. The old days in the NHL, the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, where the Eastern Conference was a little bit more of a physical style of play, and the Western Conference uh, was was a little bit more high flying and wide open. Um, and maybe that's because some of the rinks in the NCHC are, are Olympic size, so they have to find different players. But I mean, that to me would be the biggest difference as I watch these games. Um, the, the Big Ten, to me, seems a little bit more physical by nature. And the NCHC seems to be more open offensively. Now, I know that sounds weird to say that when Denver and Duluth play those choke-you-off styles, but Notre Dame is the team that does that in the Big Ten. So I'm not saying that one that every team in those leagues play that way, but my – observation as I watch the two different leagues because of our involvement that just kind of seems to be a little bit more of the way it is. Uh, now I could be wrong. You can find somebody that disagrees with me and, and, and tell me I'm wrong because people tell me I'm wrong all the time. So uh, <laughs> uh, I love it. they would be wrong, but, um, <laughs> But I mean that 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 is just my observation, and that's that's how I would answer that question. Okay, so let's look ahead. Thursday and Friday scheduled, and we'll say on the schedule, Arizona State have again uh, another return visit to Minnesota. This will be their final two games of these uh, crazy COVID season called 2021. Uh, so that'll be exciting. We know about the problems with Arizona State in the in-house of injuries and illnesses and things like that. So uh, we don't know what to expect there, but we, we expect that Arizona State, I guess we can say we'll, we'll give them everything they got. And we already know that Minnesota, as we've talked about at nauseum, always steps up to play Arizona State. They just don't want to lose to Arizona State. And then uh, those two games, Thursday, Friday, then Saturday in the NCHC, you're going to see um, Denver uh, at Omaha and uh, Colorado College at North Dakota, and I will knock as hard as I can on some wood that those things actually take off and actually our games played. Um, again, as far as uh, Atlanta cocky goes for Air Force, they're still waiting to get back to some sort of normalcy at all. I, I think they, they kind of just are like, we, we hope we can play any game. Their next scheduled game is against Bentley uh, in Massachusetts on the 30th and 31st of January. So we'll look forward to seeing them on the ice when they can. Um, a couple of uh, housekeeping things that I want to throw out there, Paul, and then I'll let you finish things up for us tonight. But um, big shout out to uh, the guys at Jess the guys and gals at Jesse Ray's Barbecue because Mike has stepped up, fed us for our pregame shows. He did it again tonight. It was a three meat combo uh, with a couple of Yummy. sides. Um, so we've tried just about everything we can. I think tomorrow is going to be the high roller. We're just going to go for the high roller and see what it yeah, is. Yeah, sure. You're going to do that when I'm gone, right? Yeah, well, that's what we do. We we, we save the best for last. Uh, so uh, you know that you know, that's, you know that hand signal I gave you before. Uh, <laughs> so so anyway, big shout out there uh, to Mike. I also want to say uh, a very uh, heartfelt thank you, and uh, we will miss you to Mike's mother Samantha, who, if you've been to uh, Jesse Ridge Barbecue, knows she is really uh, the wheels that uh, make everything spin at Mike's uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue, and I know she's uh, going to be taking a little hiatus, and, and as Mike calls it, going on an adventure, and we hope the adventure doesn't last too long. We hope we get her back here in, in Vegas in, uh, 
in a year or so. But she's going to be going on her way. I was uh, lucky enough to get over there and get a selfie with Samantha. So I'll have that up if I don't already on social media. And you can make sure. And if uh, you know you get there, let Mike know how much you appreciate his mother, Samantha, doing everything. Also, have to thank uh, our friends at the D again because uh, the D, uh, Las Vegas Hotel and Casino, has been just fantastic to us. The guys over at Circa, we're over at Stadium Swim, and if you get a chance to go over there and and you know if you do nothing more than Paul Hornstein in one day, just sit in the pool water, um, that's fun. But the sports Why that would goes you want on to do over there, else? yeah, how nice it is over there, how beautiful it all is. Big thanks to Derek Stevens for jumping on board as our partner on Monday night. Um, and then finally, uh, Nick Raboni coming on, adjusting his schedule because uh, uh, it was important to us to bring on some Vegas people while we were here. And having Darren Banks on tomorrow night was important. And getting out to see the Henderson Silver Knights for a couple of days was a lot of fun. And talking Vegas Golden Knights hockey and watching the game last night. We'll watch it again. Stephen Marsh and I will watch it right here uh, during and after our show tomorrow night at Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So a big shout-out to everybody uh, that helped make this all uh Go off with a few small hitches. Is that fair? Uh, listen, everything you do is going to have a, is is going to have that problem, right? I mean, if everything was perfect, it would be boring. That's a, that's why people call me boring all the time. I've been wondering what that was. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't even I. <laughs> hey folks, let me that's tell you something twice, right that's now. That's twice in Vegas. My 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 co-host has been left speechless two times at the D, so we might do this well, more often just to keep him speechless. Well, listen, it's more a matter of uh, I'm not sure whether or not uh, it's just a matter of how nice do I want to be. All right, finish it up. Give us uh, give us your final thoughts and jump into that read, and we'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. Big shout-out to Roger Klein's uh, Mexican Moonshine and Cancion Tequila. Uh, why do we say it twice, folks? We say it twice, first of all, because it's so nice. And secondly is they're working on that name change. It's a process, especially when you're talking about alcohol. But uh, either way, get out the Total Wine anywhere. Pick up a bottle of uh, Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Tequila, as you know it now and look for the new bottle and the new design in the Cancion Tequila coming very, very soon from our friends at Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila and Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine. Take it away, my friend. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila Mexican Moonshine is presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G ultra band for business that America's been waiting for. By Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood at Ice Time Hockey SW sent you and let him show you the Belfort difference online at belfort.com or at the showroom, 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Cancion Tequila. Ultra smooth Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the mask and its three valley locations, in line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at behindthemask.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Buy Burrito Express, our homemade recipes to your table. Great taste, great value. M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans, for ASU fans. And by the NCHC. Every game in the pod, on the road, or at home. NCHC.tv has you covered. Go to NCHC.tv and subscribe. Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Cancion Tequilas, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Cancion Tequila 
is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And uh, one more final thank you to everybody here in Las Vegas for helping us make this uh, four, five, six nights, however many nights we're going to be here, a whole lot of fun. It's been uh, yeah, it's been great seeing the beautiful weather as always in Vegas and the, and the great personalities of people coming out and visiting with us and, and saying good things about the show. Uh, we appreciate it. We really do. Uh, stay tuned in. You can get ITHSW podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts. Listen to them anytime you want. Download them anytime you want. Uh, big shout out again to Roger Klein's Chancion Tequila and Mexican Moonshine Tequila for uh, hosting our Tuesday night College Hockey Southwest Weekly Show. So for Nick Raboni, for Paul Hornstein, Scott Strandy saying goodnight from DT, uh, Las Vegas, Hotel, and Casino. Good night, everybody. Good night.